Although they had managed to partially refill their water skins during the storm, they drank the last of their water that morning. Book 1, Aragon, Chapter 18, Revelation at Yazwak. Welcome to Aragon and Back Again, a podcast where we explore Christopher Paolini's inheritance cycle one chapter at a time. I'm Lucy Hart. And I'm Darian Smart. Oh, <laughs> oh the tone shift. The tone shift. The like, like there were stakes. And then there's whatever this is. Yeah, this is, this isn't stakes. This is like brutality. Oh my God. But before we get into that, <laughs> let's talk about something a little, little light heart. Yeah, let's little lighthearted. Sparks of inspiration. Oh. Uh, my spark of inspiration this week is the Fiona and Cake limited series on Max, which is not struck. It's animated, so it's fine. It's not a struck project. I checked. Yep. It's different. It's fine. I am a big fan of Adventure Time. I think it is a wonderful, like, wild, weird, loving piece of, like, just storytelling and animation and just an incredibly influential piece of, like, Western animation. And what got me watching it, because my brother DJ was really into it from the beginning, and I was very dismissive of it because I thought it was, like, goofy and too silly. And then they did the Fiona and Cake episode, mm-hmm. which if you're not, okay, if you're not familiar with Adventure Time, just an animated series about this boy and his magical talking dog who live in the land of Ooh with the Candy Kingdom and a vampire demon rock star and a flame princess and it just stuff. They go on adventures and they save princesses and they fight monsters and they do cool hero things. Yep. And then one of the animators on the show, Rebecca Sugar, drew some fan art. Uh, like, literally just drew art of the character's gender bent. Yep. So, Fiona and Cake. Yep. And they, the team liked it so much, they're like, let's do an episode. Yeah. And so they did. And the framing device of the episode is that uh, one of the, the reoccurring, like, former antagonists and then just friend, ally, weird guy they hang yep. out with, Ice King, just writes fan fiction about... Finn and Jake and all the characters in the Land of Ooh, but it's they're just, just, it's the most, it's the most fan, relatable most thing ever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that's the framing device. And, and there's a handful of episodes and they focus on different characters being the Fiona and Cake stuff. And it's, it's fun mm-hmm. and it's fun. And the fact that the show did something so weird yeah, just really highlights the show and it's good. And the episode's really neat and the characters are cool and and distinct just because they're the gender bent versions of these pre-existent characters like you can tell there are distinct things in the characterizations. Yep. It's not a copy paste. It's not a copy paste. So, Fiona and Cake is this uh, uh, Adventure Time ended some years back and they've done limited specials highlighting different characters and different stories. It's very cool. Fiona and Cake is like a proper revisiting stepping back 12 years after the events of the finale. Mhm. And diving back into Fiona and Cake, where beforehand there's these two, these girl and her cat, and they live in a magical world, and everything's magic, it's great. And then you catch up in the first episode, and it's not magic. Yep. And just a normal life where she has jobs, and she can't keep a job, and she has a shitty apartment, and she has no money. And then the second episode is Ice King, when he's not Ice King anymore, just Simon Petrikoff, and just a guy. And you very quickly realize that the reason there's no... Oh, spoilers. 
the reason there's no magic in Fiona's world is because Simon isn't magic. Yep. And so the series is exploring that concept of Fiona, who's just this girl who believes her life is supposed to be magic. So why isn't it? Which is the thing that resonates with, I've imagined a lot of people. (laughs) We unpack it in therapy. Yeah. But just, I think it's cool that this incredibly weird and silly thing that this series did so long ago Mm -hmm. is now being used to explore some, like, really interesting like concepts about having to accept being an adult because this series is specifically it's an adult cartoon not in the way that like family guy is or even like harley quinn is adult with like violence and cursing and sex it's adult in that it is gonna explore concepts that at 12 you just don't get yeah at 12 you don't have those ideas just yet and at 29 you really do all the time yeah and so my spark of inspiration is how every little idea has the potential to grow into something miraculous Mm -hmm. and bigger than it was a piece of fan art sketched can become anything at all Mm -hmm. every idea has value i like that i like that thank you i think For my inspiration, I'm going to kind of go way back, for me anyway, to the Legend of Zelda series. Ooh! And I think, like, one of the the things that I think I like adventure so much, because I do like, I like adventure fantasy-esque kind of stuff. And I think uh, that started with Zelda, uh, because Zelda, I feel like Zelda is very adventure-esque. You're Link, you go off on an adventure and you save the day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, that's where my base storytelling almost is. Because, like, I played, I remember Ocarina, Ocarina or Ocarina, depending on how you want to say it. It mm-hmm. varies, I think. Yeah. Um, dip, uh, like, that was the first Zelda game I played. And I remember being so, like, oh, my God, this game is huge. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go anywhere in this game. Like, that's crazy. You don't have to follow the path. Like, you don't have to do anything. You can actually go explore. Like, that's so cool. And, like, that just inspired me to explore in my own writing, like, to take my characters and put them in a situation in which they have to explore, whether that be themselves Mm -hmm. or the world itself and things like that. And it's also, like, I just love The Legend of Zelda in general, and it's, like, always, and, like, especially with, like, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, where that's just amplified so much, where Link is put into these worlds where exploration is highly encouraged it's not necessary but it and it and it also just inspires me to like like expand my own world like think about things and characters and continents and islands and different cultures that's going on in my world that's not like my character is the main character but the world is not centered on my main character the world functions around my character Mm -hmm. whether she's there or not so i think like that's that's also something that i get from link and zelda and just the whole uh legend of zelda series i think like that's i feel like that was that's such a core memory of me i'm like i've that is 100 percent my adventure and storytelling and everything like kind of i think like baseline is the legend of zelda yeah that's very good yes so that's like that's like my spark of inspiration and my geode kind yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> kind that, of in yeah. one. And with that, now we I have guess to. Guess we're gonna head into town. Ugh. Revelation at Yazwak. Reaching Yazwak, Saphira remains at a distance as Brom and Aragon enter the city. Met with an eerie silence, they avoid the main road, prepared for an ambush. 
Instead, they find that every resident has been slaughtered. Rom determines that Urgles are responsible, which is proven correct when several Urgles attack. Aragon and Brom are separated, and Aragon finds himself cornered in an alley, refusing to give in to fear. Aragon speaks a word he heard Brom use before, unleashing a wave of power, killing the Urgles. It is a drastic tone change, especially mm-hmm. with the last chapter ending on. Aragon felt as if he were sitting inside a painting, and then we get this man paulini loves to do this we've got to start yeah. being ready like oh and we do end on particularly like beautiful <laughs> writing and like a mo- beat of hope and like joy be prepared for something horrible, horrible. to happen yeah that's that's because a... this is horrible it's it's mm-hmm. literally like a duh done yeah it's a good beat bad beat oh duh, it's 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 um in uh, mulan it's the girl worth fighting for yes it's literally it how literally, that song it's ends, literally that's just a, that's 100 percent it's 100 percent absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. and i think like again it also plays like we're, we're kind of talking about it in general right now not going through it but like i also think going back to like aragon realizing the weight and the you know this and that and how big the world is and things like that i think this is another step that things aren't just okay. Like, yeah. it, it does in reintroduce danger yeah. in a way that is very, very, very real and mm-hmm. smacks them in the face, literally. Yeah, so. it it's becomes like it's not just like, oh, Aragorn's on this journey now because his uncle was killed. And yeah. that raised the stakes and that yeah. showed us what happened. But it's him seeing that, uh, well, it's established that, well, the Razak didn't do the thing that happened to this town. Yeah. But there are other entities out there that are allowed to do this thing. That yep. the world as it exists allows for evil. Yep. So we uh, we should just get into it. Yep. So like I said, like, and the thing, they, they go into town, they got to get supplies. But, okay, brief tangent of Brom being, again, mysterious. Yeah. Because when Aragorn's like, how do you know we're so close? How do you know where we're going? Because I am not guided by the land, but by the stars and the sun, <laughs> they will not lead us astray. Yeah, that's great. I and love that. It's so funny. Yeah, it's, like, it's great. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, is Brom going to teach? And nope. Nope. We just continue on. Okay. Yep. Uh, they start to head towards town and Safira has to go hide again. And she's like, I don't like it. It's irritating mm-hmm. having to hide all the time like a criminal. Yep. That's interesting. She's like, it's like, Safira is very much like feeling frustrated with the fact that she has to sneak around when she's like, I haven't done anything wrong. And we're actually going after those who have done terrible wrong, yeah. but they don't have to hide. And and I feel like she's probably also maybe just a little bit annoyed that like, well, you guys get to walk around all normal. Yeah. Like, I know, like, I know why you're human and you don't stick out. You're not a freaking beautiful dragon. Yeah. But it's, I do feel like just the like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just the pouting like man yeah but I, I wonder if that also is meant to like kind of give him to like what i just said about like the uh the 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 world isn't just yeah because it's like she's like i have to hide like i'm a criminal except criminals don't have to hide and sneak around in this world yeah the raza yeah were concealing themselves but they aren't hiding, hiding. yeah they're not having to mm-hmm. avoid people mm-hmm. yeah but safira who has done nothing wrong who it has to hide because the world is as it's such where if she is found and seen, it will cause problems and yeah. terror and bad things. I actually, I really mm-hmm. like that. I really like that. In comparison, very good. So as they're approaching the, the, the town, the village, they stop before the first house. Aragon abruptly said, there aren't any dogs barking. No. Doesn't mean anything, though. No. Someone should have seen us by now. Yes. Then why hasn't anyone come out? 
Could be afraid. Could be. And they're like, well, what if it's a trap? Yeah, we still need provisions, though. Is it? We need we need provisions and water. There's the Ninor. We still need provisions. <laughs> True. And I do. I really like Brahm and Aragon. They're like, just think, back and forth. Yeah, I think that also, like, I like that we get a, like, conversation that does not include Brahm saying something, like, rude to Aragon or Aragon ending frustrated. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, could be. Maybe. I, I, I really, true. I feel like this is also maybe like a little callback to what they, what their relationship was like in Carvajal, mm-hmm. where Aragon would just come and ask a bunch of questions and Brom being like, oh yeah, this, oh yeah, this, Could oh be. yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. They, yeah. they have, it does kind of establish that there's like, is a comfortable, there is like a positive relationship. Yeah. 100%. Like despite the hardships. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they, they decided they'll go around the side of the, the town and enter because if anyone's, yeah. like, ambushing them. Yeah, because I love he's, like, so we go in, yes, but mm-hmm. not like fools. And I'm, like, hell yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. yes. Fuck yeah. Let's go around the side then. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Air, and then, you no, know, it's, like, Aragon's palm tingled, but he resisted the urge to scratch it. I'm like, interesting. Drawing interesting. To the palm. Yep. To the palm. And I, I don't want to read the description. We don't have like, to read. Not, it's just it's everyone. It's really has bad. Been and it's just slaughtered. I just like that. As they rode into the center of town, he gripped his bow tighter, blanching. Gods above, he whispered. And then not gonna read yeah, the it's next. Just, it's like a uh, mountain paragraph. of bodies, and it's just like and, yeah. and to be clear, like Paulini does not describe this graphically. Grotesquely. Grotesquely. Yeah. yeah, it is not sensationalized. It is not detailed like we don't get i think like honestly like garo's injuries were, are more detailed than this yep. scene yeah what we get we don't get exactly well okay so we get things that are clothes are soaked in blood yeah but but um it's a lot more the positions the interpretation where you s- can feel the last moments of fear and yep. panic yep because it's everyone in yep. town every adult every child yep. like every baby like it's every horrible yeah it's terrifying and it Mm -hmm. it not terrifying in a sense it i think horrifying Mm -hmm. i think that's what you said horrifying and terrible that's what i wanted to say and aragon's like tears blurred aragon's visions vision he tried to look away but the dead faces held his attention what does our existence mean when it can end like this a wave of hopelessness overwhelmed him i have a question like you can cut this out Mm -hmm. did you skip a did you skip a line? I do that sometimes. Yeah. Okay, no, no, no. I just wanted to make sure because right, I'm like, our, two our books are different. So I was like, was that? Okay, no, no, no. We can no, just no, cut no, that totally. out. I was just uh, no, really I'll curious. keep that in there okay, to like, yeah. acknowledge that like, yeah, sometimes when I'm I'm reading, I will skip because yeah. I'll realize in the moment that I'm like, I don't want to read the, the next thing. like two sentences. Oh, yeah. I want to jump to the part that like I want to have the. So dear listener, if oh, you yeah. ever noticed that like, wait. She skips. I yes, I in fact yeah. do sometimes do that in the the reading. So. Yeah, because I just time, wanted, I think it's good to draw attention. Yeah, to no, you're good. I just wanted to. I'm like, does your book not have that line? No, <laughs> like, no, I was it like, does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Uh, I. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yep. It is, and I think that also is like what we kind of mentioned before. Like Aragon is hyper empathetic. Yeah. Like he cares deeply about other people everybody which i mean also like this is a horrible slaughter of mass innocent oh, people like i think any person would be like oh my god uh, yeah but but aragon feeling hopeless because and but i think he's also like thought a lot of like what does our existence mean if you can just die yep and it it is definitely like mm-hmm. he's he's only like maybe a week after 
Yeah. It's only been a handful of days. What? Not Brom. Garo. Garo. Garo's death. And so, like, when Garo died, he still had the same, like, hopeless, empty feeling. Mm -hmm. And so this would bring it back in a way that is so much worse. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, Garo died of injuries, and that was awful and terrible. But, like, he saw how Garo died peacefully, surrounded by people. That's true. Not this. Not this. And uh, Brom does, like, ask him, like, do you want to wait outside the town? He's like, no, I'll stay. Who could have done? Brom bowed his head. Those who love the pain and suffering of others, they wear many faces and go by many disguises, but there is only one name for them. Evil. And there is no understanding it. All we can do is pity and honor the victims. I think that's great. Yeah. I think there is, I think we've discussed in our, like, villains episode, like, having a villain who's evil just to be evil and they're crazy. It's like, yeah, whatever. But also the reality is there is just evil. Evil in the world there's just 100%. people who just want to harm others for any reason but the reasons don't actually matter yeah they're just evil people and yep. do bad things and that is a reality mm-hmm. anyway so it's the urgles it's so, the urgles yeah it's not the the razak did pass this way but this is urgle work the spear of there because they see like the spear and weapons it is of their make a company of them came through here perhaps a hundred but it's odd. I only know a few instances of them gathering and such. And then he realizes the Urgles are still here. Yep. And they, like, race back to their horses and they try to run, but... Aragorn gets clocked right in the face. Clocked right in the face! Right in the face! At a full gallop! Like, yeah! Like, it's knocked off the horse! Like, it's all over! Yep. Well, not all over, but it's, like, all... It's, it's, like, whoa. whoa! Everything happens so fast! Yep. And then there is, like, a second Urgle is there. Brom tells him to run. He's, like, trying to swing his sword. But the the Urgle chases Aragon. It's great. Like, this action sequence is great. Because I... It's, like, like the first fight sequence we've had since the epilogue. Yep. And I wanted to shout it out because... I can picture exactly what is happening. Oh, 100%. And I, I, it's so well written. Yeah, I know where Absolutely. everyone is at. I know what's going on. Like, it's not like, well, what happened? How did we get here? Like, I think it's very well written while still feeling rushed and chaotic yep. and overwhelming. Absolutely. It doesn't feel like a weird step. And then this happened. And then this happened. Yeah, no. Like, it's very, mm-hmm. the fight is, it's written very, very well. And then I think what I like yeah, I think it's after, so uh, Brom gets injured. Yeah, like gets like, looks like knocked out. Yeah. And then the Urgle's about to get uh, him with the do axe. Do a death blow and mm-hmm. a deafening scream tore out of Aragon as he charged the Urgle head first. The Urgle paused in astonishment then faced him uh, contemptuously, swinging his axe. And he ducked, he ducked it, clawed the Urgle side, leaving bloody furrows. And then Aragon scrambled down the alleyway and i think yeah, it's like he's actively trying to lead them away from brom yeah now can't defend himself yep and i is this when he is this when he shoots an arrow or did he do it before he did it before okay yeah because i like i like the and fact- then just fucking block i thought just, i thought the urgle caught it at first but he does just block with he the just shield. blocks like, it with yeah shield. that makes more sense you can't yeah just catch you can't like, but i do you're like you're not a cool enough villain to catch the arrow out yeah of the air. but and i'm just gonna drill home with this like again aragon's choice weapon is a bow and arrow mm-hmm which, to be fair, is the only thing he's trained with at it's, this point in time. Yeah. But it would have been cooler, I think, if he just got better at the bow yeah. and arrow. But fine, um, whatever. Yeah. It's the first time we've seen 
Urgles in yeah, the story outside of the like, epilogue also and see like, what they can do. And so close. Because I feel mm-hmm. like the Urgles in the prologue were close, but the focus was on the shade mm-hmm. rather than the Urgles. This is like front, face, and center. Yeah. Like we get like, I think we had their fangs, but it's, it's just so much more detail with them. So, yeah, because yes. it was the shade perceiving them and watching them as they changed the elf woman, but he was focused on her. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't get like, the Urgles were chasing her but we don't get what that felt like because yeah. we weren't in the focus of a ca- of her and what yeah. the, the chase was that so they are scary yeah and i think this also adds to that like she killed a lot of them mm-hmm. and so it's like she killed a lot of these giant brooding awful creatures monsters as the yeah. book wants us to do and like listen they are monsters. They are monsters like yeah not just informed but we just saw what they did to this village yep. of people for no reason, because it was like, why? Yeah. And there's no answer. Like, so yep. like Brahm says, there's no there's no trying to understand it. Yep. And there's also, like, they also, the monster was tall, thick, and broader than a doorway with gray skin and yellow piggish eyes. So it's like, mm-hmm. they do call the Urgles a monster. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it, it just really, like, they're struggling with two of them, and that elf woman faced several. Yeah. And, Got out alive. Yeah, as much got, as got out like yeah. Beat down quite a few of them. Yeah, yeah. Before she was cornered. Yep. And then Aragon gets cornered pretty quickly. Yeah. Like I do love yeah. this whole description. I oh just want to preface this. Do you want to? Yeah. I this this one where it's like as he faced the Urgles, images flashed in his mind. Yeah. Do you cool. want to read that? Pa- yeah, because that's also I feel like I've been reading a lot. Okay. Recently. Yeah. No. Like, I if can you do would that. like to do a reading of that passage. Um, like, it's so good. Yeah. And I think so, we absolutely should. Yeah. So we'll read this passage mm-hmm. as he faced the Urgles, images flashed in his mind. Dead villagers piled around the spear and in uh do we wanna Yeah, we're gonna read the passage. Read yeah. the passage. Dead villagers piled around the spear and an innocent baby who would never grow to adulthood. At the thought of their fate, a burning, fiery power gathered from every part of his body. It was more than a desire for justice. It was his entire being rebelling against the fact of death, that he would cease to exist. The power grew stronger and stronger until he felt ready to burst from the contained force. He stood tall and straight all fear gone i love that yep mm-hmm. he raised his bow smoothly mm-hmm. the urgles laughed and lifted their shields aragon sighted down the shaft as he had done hundreds of times and aligned the arrowhead with his target the energy inside him burned at an unbearable level he had to release it or it would consume him a word suddenly leapt unbidden to his lips he shot yelling brissinger which is interesting. Interesting, because isn't that the curse Brom said Brom the light said, in the fire in yeah. the last chapter? And so it's like, what does that do? Well, what it does... What is it, it does? <laughs> let's tell you, listeners! Is it encases the arrow with a crackling blue light. It strikes the lead Urgle on the forehead, and the air resounded with an explosion. A blue shockwave blasted out from the monster's head, killing the other Urgle instantly. Mm-hmm. And then it reached Aragon before he had time to react, and it passed through him without harm, dissipating against the houses. And whatever he did, we don't know. Well, mm-hmm. we know, but well, whatever. But, like, also, we, the reader, can guess. We can guess that it was magic, mm-hmm. it and was... it just took out a lot of him. Like, that, yeah. whatever he did. And I like how he looks at the Gedway Ignazia, and it was Which, glowing. dear listener, is the, the mark on his palm, in case you've forgotten what it was called. I definitely did. Yeah. Uh, and it's glowing white hot, and then it fades back to normal. And 
it just he his knees buckle and he sagged against the wall. So whatever he did, it took a lot of energy mm-hmm. out of him. First hint at the rules of the magic system. Yes, I we love lo- a good magic system. I do love a good magic system. Yeah. I definitely am more partial to a soft magic system because I like being able to fuss around a little bit with things. Yeah, but I'm very into this. I've got feelings about Aragon having Brisinger here in this moment that I will not share in this chapter. Because mayhaps they will be acknowledged in the next chapter. Except perhaps I've already read the next chapter and know <laughs> that they aren't satisfactorily addressed in yeah. the way I would have liked. But I will save it for when we discuss that. But, hey, that's real cool. Yeah. No, just setting that aside, that was really cool. So cool. Like, that, oh my gosh, I feel like the way this chapter is structured is so I'm in like this is gonna be my roundabout way of like describing my my writing tip. Yeah. I'll figure out if I can like condense it into a way to put it on a little canvas slide for yeah, Instagram there later. You go. But like the way this is the chapter where Aragon gets his first like big hero protagonist moment. Yeah. Right. Like Sephira hatched, but like he just happened to be there for it. Like that's yeah. the thing that makes him the hero of the story because he yep. has the dragon. But that was Sephira, not him. Yep. And every other cool thing that happened has kind of been Sephira, not him, or the Razak doing something terrible yeah. because of him, but not him. This is the first time Aragon has gotten to do a cool, like, high fantasy hero thing. Yep. And it is, I think, so earned because of how dark the chapter got at yep. earlier. Like, how we got this everything every, and it's also like everything Aragon has been through like his uncle dying and chasing the yep. Razak and and finally like being in the town and seeing the Urgles and being presented with an atrocity yep and horrors now he's running for his life and he just has a moment where he decides I'm not gonna die yep like I'm or if he is he's not gonna be afraid yep he stands up and he's like I'm gonna go down swinging yep because because they don't deserve to see me cower in fear before them. Absolutely. And and that, like, that fact, that is the thing that channels into the energy where he is able to cast this first spell. Yep. Is very cool. Yep. And and I think I'm just going to let it be very cool. And yeah. I think I'm just, that's, that, I'm sure there'll be a lot of other conversation we will have later about Aragon and magic and whether or yeah. not, and, and, and uh, vague Mary Sue-esque things. But I don't want to talk about that right now. Like, yeah. Unless you do. Then which we'll have a conversation. No, no, we're good. But I think... I think it's very cool, and I like that that's where the chapter ends. Yeah. Aragon does this cool magic, defeats these monsters moment. Like, yep. And oh, also, we didn't talk about it. He did call for Sephira, but yep. she was a ways away and yep. has not shown up yet. Yep. So He's literally on his own. Literally on his own because she's not going to make it in yep. time. Yeah, I just like it, and I think the structure of I love a cool story beat. Yeah. But in order to stick the landing, it has to be it has to be earned. Yeah. And I think this was earned because the stakes. Yep, absolutely. I think it goes when the it's def like I think we've we've given Pelini a little bit of shit for like is aha moments, but I think this is one of the aha moments that is very well earned. Like yes. what you said, like it it came uh, came from a lot, and I do really like the line where it was more than a desire for justice; it was his entire being rebelling against the fact of death. And I do mm-hmm. really like that he was he basically like they 
if you want to be like like weird i don't know i can't remember think of the word but like they they basically asked him a question and it was death and he said no mm-hmm. and then he stood he's like what do we no. say the god of death yeah not today yeah nope not not happening and it's it's oh i agree with you it's mm-hmm. just so good how it's described and how he does it and it's just very good yeah and aragon has intense hang-ups with death as every living thing yeah. does. but aragon specifically as it was like really reflected like having just lost his uncle yep. but in that moment also reflects on the fact that his mother has died yeah which i think he he doesn't know for a fact but he's pretty certain yeah and that his aunt died and he lost his uncle and then just being faced with this barrage of the reality of uh, yeah. death of all the villagers and him just rebelling, like, against the idea of death in general. Good news, Aragon. I'm pretty sure dragon riders are immortal, so, you know, <laughs> as long as you don't get stabbed to death or anything, yeah. you're probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, like, pretty yeah. confident at this point, right? If dragons can live for a long time, and so can their riders. Um, yeah. But that, that, this, like, Aragon has been grappling with death, death, this thing, and it's... Yeah. And he's just like, you know what? No! Yeah. <laughs> I don't, like, I will not... But I also, as I'm saying this right now, because it's a immature and impossible thing to say no to death yep. forever. But I think if you look at it as a metaphor, death as an inevitable. Yeah. What Aragon is saying is no to the inevitability of this current world. Yes. No to a world where the Razak roam and just get yep. to kill innocent men. No, yep. to the, no to a world where... Urgles can show up and slaughter a whole village a for whole nothing. Village. No to a world run by a monarch who does not care yep. about that fact. No to a world where dragons have to hide like criminals. Yep. No to this world. This is not does not have yep. to be inevitable. It will not be inevitable in my yep. world. And I really dig that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So good. So good. Actually, yeah. Big, big finale. Love a big finale. Yeah. And that's just and where I, and we're going to... What? How do I say this word in the next chapter? Ad, admonishments? Ad, ad, admonishments. No. No, I won't be saying that word. Even though I will be reading the chapter title next. I refuse. I it's don't like know. you're being admonished. Bad person. There's too many consonants right next to Admonishment. each Admonishment. <laughs> it does look weird when it's in all caps. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I think have your, like, big damn hero moments. Just make sure you set up the stakes first. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I like that. I don't know if I have a writing tip, because the only thing that I thought of is, like, when we talked about, like, pulling your punches, mm-hmm. and this is not pulling a punch. It's not, but it's also not being grotesque grotesquely explicit as it absolutely could have yeah and i think that's i also wanted to mention that too is like even when aragon kills the urgles it's not brains splattering Uh, yeah blood and guts (laughs) and viscera yeah and so we're not it's not described Mm -hmm. oh i guess that could be a writer point like if you're going to have like grotesque like grotesque in quotes scenes you don't have to go into depths about how nasty it is it's know your genre yeah so exactly I think that's what makes this actually this is something i talked about with uh, when i did the writing camps oh, with cool. a kid who his his story opened up with like a horde of demons attacking a city yeah and like taking people out and he's like well i don't want to be too graphic and explicit yeah but like people die and so how do i say that and i'm like well you can just say like they attacked this block and then people fought back, but this block fell. Like you could say people fell and they 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 breathed their last breath, but like you can have people dying in your yep. story without it being 
Like, that's because it's an action story, because yep. it's a fantasy story. Yep. It's if you describe it in explicit detail that it becomes a horror. Yep. And even sometimes horror is, like, unnecessarily because then you're doing something else. Yeah. And so I think that's that's also, like, recognizing the genre. And not even writers, like, I want it to be super explicit and detailed yeah. in my fan. All right, man, I just... That's not for me, I guess. Yeah, and, and it, I'm not into glorifying violence. Yeah, and it's also I think it's important too to be like, like know your audience. Yeah, like know your audience and your genre. Yeah, the audience you're seeking to. Like, yeah, this is, again, it's in the children's section. Yeah, so like you have this horrible thing that happened, but it's I don't think it's not age appropriate. For. Yeah, I, it's scary. Yeah, and I'm sure there are some parents that wouldn't want their 10 year old reading it yeah i think i would be fine with my 10 year old reading this yeah and i'm it's like and also like i think it's also important if like um for parents too to be like hey you can read the book and if there's anything uncomfortable about it you do not have to finish this book yeah or you can ask me about it or yeah like, let me read it and we can talk about absolutely it. but like mm-hmm. like you said like i don't think this book is not age appropriate like i think no. this it's done well it mm-hmm. is horrifying but it's not done in a way that I'm like, I don't want anyone to read yeah, it. Like, like I not, feel uncomfortable reading yeah. this. Like, no. This was not necessary. And I also think in terms of, like, the audience and stuff, like, this horrible thing has happened. And then Aragon starts to ask Brom who or why or what. And he has that thing we read about, like, evil. And you can't understand it. There's yep. no point in understanding it. And I think that also serves as, like, a good thing in the tale of, like, for the audience. Yeah. Where it's like, there is evil in the world absolutely and you should not spend your time trying to understand it you should just honor the victims of it and fight against it yep i like that yeah, listeners, definitely don't tell us your favorite scene of Slaughter. We don't want yeah, to, that's no. not, obviously that's not a thing we're <laughs> No, we're no, into. thank you. Uh, but, ooh, favorite, like, big hero moment. Yeah. I love, love a big hero moment. Absolutely, that's a good one. Always a good one. I really love, I like, like at the end of Avengers Endgame, when Captain America picks up Mjolnir and is like, I could do this all. Like, I know I'm a basic bitch, but, like, I call it what it is. It's a cool moment. Or, like, yeah. on your left. That's a good moment. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us. Hit us up. Uh, we're Aragon Pod on Instagram, as always. Tell us your favorite hero moments. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 100%. And until next time, she's Lucy Hart. And she's Darian Smart. And this is Aragon. And back again. <laughs>